Welcome you, Holy Spirit, this morning. Come on, let's welcome. He's here in our midst. Holy Spirit, manifest, manifest in our midst this morning. Manifest in our midst this morning. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Heavenly Father, we give you praise. We worship you. When an awesome time in your presence this morning, Spirit of the Most High God, we just thank you. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for your power, even your power present in our midst today. We ask that you manifest yourself in all your greatness, your awesomeness, your love, and in your power in our midst today in the name of Jesus. Father, glorify yourself the only way you can. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. For in Jesus' name we have prayed. Why don't we celebrate God with a clap offering as we sit down. Praise the Lord. Praise, praise, praise the Lord. Well, good morning, church. That's a little cold. Good morning, church. Well, turn to somebody next to you. I appreciate God's grace on them. Tell them they are looking beautiful. Let them know they are looking handsome. I appreciate the grace, the greatness, the mercy of God on their life. Let's give God one more clap offering. Clap offering. We welcome the church family joining us um, online uh, where you are in your tabernacle at home. We pray that the same presence of God in the sanctuary would be extended to you all uh, watching from home, tabernacling um, from home in Jesus' name. So you are welcome. Again, I welcome each and every one of you. We want to thank God and celebrate our father and our mother in the house. Come on, let's give them a clap offering. Always giving us a platform to express ourselves. We thank God for such leadership such greatness. Praise the Lord. Well, I bring you the word today. Um, the theme for this month is the Holy Spirit. We've been praying, we've been worshiping, we've been singing to that to prepare our hearts, to prepare our mind for, uh, for this message. And so this will take us all through uh, the month of October um, in the ministry of next. And today's topic specifically is going to be engaging the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Turn to your neighbor and say, engaging the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I commit myself unto you. Let fresh auction, let your anointing flow through me. Let my lips be that of the pen of a ready writer. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to John 14 from verse 16 to 17. I'll be using about three or four translations, so bear with me. I love different translations because each one seemed to speak to me personally differently, and I believe it would to you also. John 14 from verse 16 to 17, New Century Version says, I will ask the Father, and I will give you another helper, to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him 
because it does not see him or know him. But you know him because he lives with you and he will be in you. Now, Jesus, as he was preparing gradually for his departure, he began to prepare the minds of his disciples, the people who believe in him, the people who were following him. And then he began to tell them because all they could think about when Jesus was talking about what is going to happen to him, when he started preparing their minds for the reason that he actually came and that he had to leave, all they were concerned about is who will be our Jesus once Jesus leaves? Who would be the person to encourage us? Who would be the person to share the word? Who would be the person to remind us who we are or to remind us what God has said? Who would be the person to encourage us? Who would be that person to make us stay on the straight and narrow? And Jesus began to say, he said, I will ask the Father and he will send you another helper. Jesus recognizing that him living will create a vacuum. And he didn't want his disciples to feel like a vacuum would be created. So he began to speak to them. He said he would ask the father to send another helper. Now listen, I began to wonder why Jesus chose the words another helper. Because Jesus could have said, I'm going to ask the father and he's going to send God, the Holy Spirit. And Jesus would have been perfectly right saying that. But there's a reason in which he said, I am going to ask the Father, he's going to send you another helper. Because to the disciples, to the people who were following Jesus then, Jesus was their helper. And then he says, I'm going to send you, I'm going to ask the Father who will send another helper. Somebody who will do the very same things that I'm do doing with you, he will do it with you also. Very interesting that there were several translations, like I said, I'm a lover of translations. And several translations use the word helper, but there were other translations that use words like counselor. Some used comforter. Some used advocate. Some used friend. Some even used savior, which was the first time I'd seen that in my life. That a translation called the Holy Spirit in referring to the work it would do, even savior. I'll repeat that. Translations like another helper, counselor, one who counsels, comforter, one who would bring you comfort, who would encourage you, advocate, one who would speak concerning you to the kings and to the people that matter, friend, savior. Now, the thing that is common in all this description is an approach of relationship. As I began to pray and ask. I said, why did he not just say, God will send you the Holy Spirit, or God will send you God the Holy Spirit, and he was using this kind of descriptions. I realized he was trying to establish with them that this is about relationship. It wasn't just about God the Almighty creating an attitude where you are afraid to go meet him or afraid to have a relationship with him. But he's saying that this individual is going to come, is going to help you, is going to comfort you, be an advocate, be a friend, be a savior. Passion translation, the passion translation of that same John 14, 16 to 17 puts it this way. It says, I will ask the father 
and will give you another savior. The Holy Spirit of truth who will be to you a friend just like me. Ha! And he will never leave you. Said so the world won't receive him because they can't see him or know him. But you know him intimately because he remains with you and will live inside of you. He will send you another savior, the Holy Spirit of truth, who will be a friend to you just like me. And he will never leave you. If I have friends of Jesus in the house, can you raise your hands? If I have friends of Jesus in the house. See, we just don't worship a mighty God. The mighty God has said, Jesus is our friend. Huh. And so today I want to speak to you again, engaging the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And you ask me, because I don't want to assume, but you ask me, what, what does that word engage mean? To so engage in this context we're discussing, it means to give attention, to occupy, to attract, to hold fast. Listen to me. When we talk of engagement, and in this very context, engaging the Holy Spirit is actually an active thing that you have to do. It's intentional. And that's something I want to drive home today. The things God has provided to us, if you and I refuse, number one, to know them and to actively engage them, including the Holy Spirit, then you will not enjoy the full benefit, the full ministry of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me, newsflash, this is not something from yesterday. God is the same today, yesterday, and forever. The Holy Spirit is as real yesterday and today and forever. Am I speaking to somebody? I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but there's a lot of things to talk about the Holy Spirit, but I'm just going to zero on five key things that I believe the Lord wants to drive home today. All right, I think I have some time. Engaging the Holy Spirit is active and intentional. Like any relationship. For those who have been engaged, either in a relationship, a man to a woman, a woman to a man, it's active. Friendship is what? Is active. And it's intentional. So let's talk about some of the benefits, some of the things that come from you engaging the Holy Spirit. I want to share five things. Number one, let's turn our Bibles to Galatians 5, 18 to 23. Again, I'm going to use the New Passion Translation. It's going to be on the screen, but whatever version you have, we're good with that. Galatians 5, 18 to 23. But when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but soaring above it. I'm going to be speaking to you the very first one as the Holy Spirit helping you to take control of yourself. Now, to yield means to submit. To yield means to give away or give up to someone else or to something else. We're speaking about the Holy Spirit helping you to take control of yourself. That verse again reads, when you yield to the Spirit, when you yield to the life of the Spirit, you will no longer be living under the law, but you'll be soaring above it. It says, the behavior of the self-life is obvious. Sexual immorality, lustful thoughts, pornography, chasing after things instead of God, manipulating others, hatred of those who get in your way, senseless arguments. I repeat, 
senseless arguments, resentment when others are favored, temper tantrums, angry quarrels, only thinking of yourself, being in love with your own opinions, being envious of the blessings of others, murder, uncontrolled addictions, wild parties, and all other similar behaviors, haven't I already warned you that those who use their freedom for these things will not inherit the kingdom of God? Verse 22 to 23. But the fruit produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love in all its varied expressions. Joy that overflows. Peace that subdues. Patience that endures. Kindness in action. A life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart, strength of spirit. Never set the law above these qualities, for they are meant to be limitless. Praise the Lord. This is what the Spirit of God gives you. This is what the Holy Spirit gives you. Each and every one of us, including me, there is something that you are working on in the things that were listed here. Praise the Lord. Each and every one of us. That's not who you are. But this is what you are working out in your life. Romans 8.13. I'm going to use the Amplified Version for that. Romans 8.13 says, For if you are living according to the impulses of the flesh, you are going to die. And may I submit to you that is both spiritual death and at some point could be physical death. But if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death the sinful deeds of the body. You will really live forever. Now, let's pay attention to something. Let's do some quick Bible study. It says, if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually putting to death. Now, habitually is from the word what? Habits. So now, if I substitute that, it says, if you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually put into death. That means you are developing habits. Habits that puts to death the sinful deeds of the body. Because sometimes these things don't just magically happen. You have to, Bible says, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. See, God is not concerned that automatically, hey, that you've got everything. What God is concerned is that you have continuous intentional growth. Continuous intentional growth. Praise the Lord. And so that's why he says that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you are habitually, that means you are developing habits that puts to death Meaning things that are sinful by the power of the Holy Spirit, gradually you are an overcomer. Day in, day out, week in, week out, that at some point you overcome and then the next thing you are dealing with it, the next thing you are dealing with it. Praise the Lord. So the Holy Spirit helps you take control of yourself. Praise the Lord. Number two. Let's open to Luke 12 from verse 11 to 12. For this one, I'm going to the easy translation. Luke 12, 11 to 12. Verse 11. People will take you into their meeting places. 
says they will make you stand in front of rulers and other people that have authority. They will want to show that you have done bad things. But do not be afraid of them. Do not be troubled about what you would say. At that time, the Holy Spirit will teach you. It will tell you what words you should say. I call this timely and accurate communication. For those who are married among us, I am telling you like never before, you need the Holy Spirit in your marriage. Especially when you want to utter that sentence that is just going to scatter everything. Especially when you want to say that thing that for the rest of your life you will be begging for forgiveness. When you want to say that thing that at the end of the day you would regret for your entire life. says the Holy Spirit will teach you what to say. In your place of work, all of a sudden, you are facing adversary. They are challenging you. Your job is at stake. You have an advocate. It's called the Holy Spirit. That you can pray at that very moment and say, inspire me. Give me the words to say. Give me the right thing to say so that you are saying the right thing that saves your life, saves your job, saves your business, saves your home. You are that young person in front of a professor and you don't have what to say. There's a promise that the Holy Spirit would give you what to say by inspiration and you ask me, but how? Bible says you receive not. Why? Because you ask not. Sometimes the the, 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 the spiritual solutions are so easy that it makes us think they are not real. I'll say that again. Sometimes the spiritual solutions we need are so easy. The problem is with doing it because they seem so easy. As human beings, we like difficult things. If it is difficult and complicated, okay, then maybe it's God. But God does not work that way. And I'm not saying you can't go to other people, talk to other people. But if you have God as your father, why don't you ask him first? Praise the Lord. Why don't you ask him first? Jude 1.20. I'm going to the next point. Because the next point, I'm going to spend just a little bit of time on the next point. And I want to make sure we leave some time for prayer. Jude 1.20 in the New Century Version, it says, But dear friends, use your most holy faith to build yourselves up, praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be talking on this third point about the transformed prayer life. The transformed prayer life. Romans 8.26-27 to this time around, the Passion Translation says, and in a similar way, the Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super, I love this, to super intercede on our behalf 
pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. A testimony was shared of, a, of an individual who was um, kidnapped. And um, was going to be used in a ritual, is my understanding. Kidnapped in, in a dark, thick forest. Had all this voodoo and evil people just about to literally slaughter, um, uh, to be slaughtered. Tied to a three, you know, hands tied, hand that come for this individual. Now all of a sudden, the individual starts, the individual starts to speak in the spirit, starts to speak in tongues. All of a sudden, he just found out that the noise that was being made went silent. Coming to realize that his captors had run away, they had left. These were evil people, dangerous people, voodoo people, wicked people of the highest order. Weeks later, this person, having been saved and delivered, was approached by an old man, I heard, in a public place. And the old man said, excuse me, young person. I was part of the people that captured you to kill you. But as you began to speak, fire was coming from your mouth. Fire was coming from your mouth, beginning to impact each and every one of us. Please, can you tell me where you got your power from? Please, can you tell me where you got your power from? Listen to me. It really doesn't matter if you don't believe there's a heaven or hell. It really doesn't matter if you don't believe there's a real world here and there's a spiritual world. Your faith or what you believe doesn't matter. What is is there is a spiritual realm beyond what you are seeing beyond where you are sitting there is a spiritual realm and i am not talking about harry potter here which i think helps you kind of get a picture because what harry potter is showing you is that indeed there is a spiritual world and the spiritual world is what affects what goes on here i know we don't say it as much and I know maybe sometimes, because of where we come from, some of us feel like we talk about, you know, evil and the spiritual and all of that too much. Okay. Fear. Fear enough. Still does not deny the fact that there is a God, there is a devil. Now, they are not equal. Please, they are not equal. It's, it's an embarrassment when I ask people, what is the opposite of God and you say devil? There is, there is, it's not the same. You know, there is good, there is bad. There is God, there is God. That's it. There is God, there is God. That's it. The opposite of God does not exist. It's not the devil. He created the devil. Right? The opposite of, of, of the devil is Angel Gabriel and Michael. They are the same level. All created by God. So there is no opposite of God. Let's establish that. It's fine. Say good and bad. That's fine. But when you say God, it's an embarrassment when you say the opposite of God is the devil because he has no equal. We got that? Alright, good. So understand that regardless of what you believe. And I advise you to quickly believe that as the physical exists, the spiritual exists. 
And then for you to begin to take advantage of that. Now, listen to me. If you are baptized in the Holy Spirit and you speak in tongues, I congratulate you. But if you do not know the extent of the power that you carry, I like to challenge you and encourage you because Bible says when you open to 1 Corinthians 14 from verse 2 and verse 4. Let's read that together real quick. Verse 2 says, For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men. Can you help me put that up? Because I need them to read it themselves. And if you have your Bible, can we do Bible study together? Can you help me finish it? For he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to... Help me. But he who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to... Okay, did I write that? Did I write that? So when you speak to in tongues, you do what? You speak to who? Okay, let's keep going. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks what? In the spirit, he speaks what? I think it was um, Apostle Arishola one time that was saying that when it comes to things of the spirit, that what is understood he was trying to say it was really power past power. So while we are all playing, you know, please, 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 God. He was trying to teach us that the the engagement you have in the spirit has a long way to determine success. And he gave us the example back then of the fact that I think it was President Jonathan was in power. And the people of the other side had hired some serious clerics and imams. I think he said there were maybe 100 or 120 of them. And when the word was brought to him, he said, no problem. He went to gather 240 prayer warriors. He said, because power, past power, when it comes to the spirit realm, he has to counter it with the same spiritual attack, but at a higher level. Now, the reason I'm challenging you, right, guys, is, is this. I love the message of faith. I love the message of God will bless you. I love the message of you'll be okay. You'll be all right. I love those messages. I love those messages that, hey, you know, um, you'll be, I love all those messages. But at the same time, I love spiritual warfare. And you have to use every tool that God has given to us. And there's a place God expects you to do battle. There's a place God expects you to engage in spiritual warfare. Your coffee Christianity is not going to win the battle for you. Coffee. Coffee Christianity is not going to win that battle for you. We gave birth to our first son. After we had struggled a little bit. And they brought that boy. And they said there was heart mama. Instantly, we rejected it. We said, listen, take him back. Go do that test again. As they took him back, we went into warfare. We went into warfare. I did not call a pastor. They brought him back. They said, we are sorry, it's okay. We said, we praise the Lord. We know what happened. We had our second child. Hmm. Almost seemed like there's always a battle. We went to this doctor. They said, we have to abort this child. She was barely, what, two or three months because she was in the wrong place. 
this spiritual warfare. We refused. We prayed. We did spiritual warfare. We went back. They said um, what had happened was that there was a mistake. Um, but listen, listen. We have the sonogram. We have the x-ray that showed that she was indeed in a wrong place. You know, somebody once told me, and the thing still sank in my head. They said, God will not do for you what he expects you to do for yourself. Spiritual warfare. Coffee, Christianity. You drink coffee, you put tea, you put milk. It's going to last you just so far. Pastor is not always going to be there. It's not. It's not. The brethren are not always going to be there. I'm telling you, they are not always. Bible says, I'm sending you another friend. I'm sending you another advocate. It says, I'm sending you. I'm sending you another one. And God will not let any other man take his place. Regardless. 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 So please, please, come on. Take off those baby Christianity boots. Put on the big boy boots. Big boy boots of warfare. Do you understand me? You are going to need it at some point. This is life. You are going to need to pray your miracle true. All by yourself at some point. At some point, you will be alone. At some point. <laughs> Loneliness is not the lack of people around you. Because you can be lonely and be coming to church. You can be lonely and be sitting in the crowd right now. But at some point, you will need to be able to put on big boy spiritual boots and do warfare. So I want to encourage you, if you are not baptized, we will pray today. If you are, let's take it up a notch. Do you understand? I, I, I understand. It's a different time. It's a different generation. <laughs> but God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Huh? Hmm. John 14, 26. John 14, 26. It's my fourth point. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Teach and remind is how I've termed this point. Teach and remind. We constantly need to be reminded of who we are. When we remember who we are, it drives the actions and the inactions that we make of certain situations. It's a lack of knowing who you are, remembering who you are, that makes us take some decisions, both good or bad. And the Holy Spirit is there to teach and to remind. I'm not only talking about situations where, oh, you're not falling into sin. I think that is there. And I think I've given you guys stories before where somebody, a female, was coming to visit me and there is a way I felt uncomfortable, the Spirit helping me feel so uncomfortable because there are times in which the Holy Spirit can go into the depths of our heart to know that we want to do the right thing, right? And situations begin to overwhelm us so much that the Holy Spirit comes in to make us so uncomfortable that you can't even sleep. And then you make a right decision because your heart is right, even though circumstances want to overwhelm you. But not only in such situations, Bible says you are head and not tail. He has created you to be kings, priesthood, 
And so in your place of work, there have been times I want to take a decision that I am so afraid and he's encouraging me and reminding me, God has called you an overcomer. He has called you a king. Come on, you can do this. So it's in both ways, not just in saving you from sin, but in elevating you to the place that God wants you to go. There's a lot of us that we are dealing with situations that you are saying, I, 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 can't, I can't handle this. And the Holy Spirit comes like a friend, just puts his hand around you. See, that is why when Jesus said another friend, I have friends that call me to say, you can do it. You have friends that encourage you, right? That is why he said another friend. So you see the Holy Spirit as a friend or not a friend. Because if you think about it, when Jesus was with his disciples, going with them, remember what he did um, for Peter. Peter saw him on the water. He says, Lord, can I come? The Lord encouraged him, come. All of a sudden, Peter overcame his fear. He did what he had never done before. That is what a friend is. That is what the Holy Spirit is supposed to do for you if you engage him. Because if Peter did not say, Jesus, come, can I come? Jesus would just look at him. And if he had jumped in the water by himself, I am going to submit to you, he would have sunk. There's an engagement that needs to happen. Holy Spirit, I want to do this. Help me. He pats you on the back. Let's go. Praise the Lord. Boldness. It's the fifth one I want to talk about. Acts 2, 13 to 14. Acts 2, 13 to 14. But others were making fun of them, saying they have had too much wine. But Peter stood up with 11 apostles, and in a loud voice he spoke to the crowd, My fellow Jews, all of you who are in Jerusalem, listen to me. Pay attention to what I have to say. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this was the first time at least that I, you know, as I read, that Peter stood to speak in this manner to a crowd. Boldness. And he said, my fellow Jews. So it was in the midst of the people that he recognized. How many people are in a place of work and they don't know you're a Christian? Better still, how many people have friends that don't know you are Christians? I'm not necessarily blaming you. I'm saying that you need the Holy Spirit to help you build boldness so that you can truly be who you are in the public space that God has given you, in the place of influence that God has given you. Peter stood up. Not only did he speak, he said he spoke loudly. That is a man who is beyond convinced of who he is and whose he is. For him to speak unashamed, boldly. Now, I'm not saying just go to your workplace and start screaming. That's not what I'm saying. But when occasion calls for it, stand for who you are. When occasion comes for it. If your friends are still inviting you to club. There's a problem. But you have an opportunity to pray and let the Holy Spirit help you. So that you can say, excuse me. That was who I was before. But this is who I am and whose I am. 
if you have been born again, and that girl that you used to date still calls you and sends you that weird text, there's a problem. And there's even a bigger problem if you're comfortable still going to the places you used to go before, before you gave your life to Christ. And indeed, if you've given your life to Christ and those things are still comfortable with you, then if we go back to the very first thing that we said about you yielding and those behaviors in Galatians, you'll find that you've not let the Holy Spirit take over. You've not submitted enough for the Holy Spirit to take over to make sure that the life that you indeed left behind is indeed behind. Praise the Lord. And so how do you engage the ministry of the Holy Spirit? The first thing is for you to acknowledge, and that's the one thing I don't want to take for granted in our midst today. Because a lot of people acknowledge the fact that I should give my life to Christ, I should be saved, I want to go to, the he to heaven. And for some reason, we stop at that. That the Holy Spirit is no more relevant. Listen to me. The Holy Spirit is as relevant yesterday as he is today. I wonder if I can actually boldly submit to say that I don't know how you can survive as a Christian without the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit in your life. So our first thing is for you to acknowledge that ministry. Make a decision that indeed the Holy Spirit was sent for me at a time like this. What does Joel 2.28 say? It said, it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Acknowledging that indeed he has poured out that spirit for me. So that I can be indeed a successful, strong Christian in today's generation. You acknowledge, then you, you desire. My assignment today is to hopefully create some level of desire. Need and desire inside of you. To let you understand that you cannot just pass through this generation without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And for those who have it, to go stay up that gifting inside of you. For those who have been baptized, who for whatever reason, you've let the Holy Spirit be sort of his manifestation inside of you and outside of you to be dormant. For, you, for me to challenge you enough to take it to a next level. I cannot desire for you. I can only present to you the benefits. I can only present to you the ministry. You have to create a level of desire inside of you for the Holy Spirit. And finally, surrender. Let me get the instrumentalist on the... Um... Finally, surrender. Surrender. 
Mm. Thank you, Lord. You acknowledge, you desire, you surrender. Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. Praise the Lord. Jesus in living, having been a friend, a lover, a healer, a helper, an encourager to his disciples, said, I would not leave you alone. I'll send you another. Another. Another is somebody greater of, of the same statute, of the same power, of the same effect. God the Holy Spirit is said, God would send God the Holy Spirit. Now, if you're here, before we go to the next phase of prayer, if you're not saved, which is the very first step of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life, the baptism of the Holy Spirit in your life, that's the first thing that we're going to do. I'm going to make it real quick. Let's bow down our heads. My assignment is done. Let's close our eyes. To stay in you or challenge to engage the ministry that of the Holy Spirit that God has given to you. But if you're not saved, you cannot enjoy that. With all heads bowed down, eyes closed, just respecting people and the presence of God. If you are not saved and you would love to be saved, just indicate, I won't call you out, but I want you to show personal surrender to God and we'll pray. We'll go to our next prayer. Praise the Lord. Indicate. Even if you didn't because you're shy, I'll pray this prayer. If this is you pray the prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you today. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Lord, I surrender my life to you today as a sinner. Wash me by the blood of Jesus Christ. Come into my life. Save me, Lord. And accept me, Lord, into the family of God through Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. For in Jesus' name I pray. If you prayed that prayer, God has indeed saved you. Now we can go to the next prayer. I've challenged you about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Right? And if there's anyone among us today that feels like this ministry of the Holy Spirit is for me, is for me, I want to be baptized in the Spirit, I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to pray for you where you are. The Spirit of God can do what he wants to do where you are. But if you're here and you believe that I want this ministry of the Holy Spirit, again, all heads bowed down, eyes closed, please indicate and I'll pray for you. Praise the Lord. I see your hand. Praise the Lord. Brother, where's brother? Keep your heads back. All right, I want one of you to sing the uh, special number that you guys sang. Me, please. I'm about to pray. Father, we give you thanks for this message. Heavenly Father, we commit those who have indicated unto your hands that they want the infilling of the Holy Spirit. 
Mighty God, I pray this day, O oh God, as they surrender to you, spread of the most high God, infill them today in the name of Jesus. Infill them, Lord, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let the power of the Holy Ghost, let it come upon each and every individual that has lifted up their hands in praise, in surrender unto you in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. We're going to worship God just for the next few minutes and then we'll wrap up this, this uh, session. Let's worship together. in your presence. Holy Spirit, take over. Let no one that has come today under the sound of my voice, let none live the same. From now, even as they live and even in their homes, speak to them. Arrest their hearts. Transform their lives in the name of Jesus. To you be all the thanks. To you be all the glory. For in Jesus' name we are praying. Amen and amen. God bless you.